0: That's joinMIDI.com.
1: It's been almost a decade since Bibi Zahara Benet, the drag queen from Cameroon, became the first America's Next Drag Superstar
2: on RuPaul's Drag Race. Since then, she's been traveling the world and rocking the house boots down with her music. BB has a brand new single, Get Fierce, a lighthearted track that encourages people to celebrate who they are.
1: Listen as Bibi zahara Benet talks about her amazing decade as the first RuPaul's Drag Race winner, her friendship with all the Ru-Girls, and how drag has changed through the
2: years. Plus, what happened to the lifetime supply of makeup she was promised on the show? The African origins of drag language. And a very sexy way to blend your makeup. I'm Fausto Fernos. I'm Mark Fillion. And this is Feast of Fun. Attention all non-basic queens, attention all non-basic queens, show how fierce and fabulous you are with our drag queen inspired t-shirts. Reading is fundamental. Hunty. The shade is strong with this one. And Shantae. Fabulous fashion for guys and gals with charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. Available at feastoffun.com slash store.
3: Hello? Is this Bibi Zahara Benet? This is your very own BB's Zahar, but who am I speaking to? <laughs> <laughs> this is Fausto Fernos. And Mark
2: Fillion from Feast of Fun.
3: Hi, honey.
2: Hi. Hello. It's Hi. been
3: a
1: while. It's almost a decade.
3: It's been years. It's been years. You guys started this journey with me. Like, how many years? It's, what, eight years ago or something? Well, that it's, long?
2: Uh, we're on season nine, and you were the season one winner. And I think we had you on the podcast even before you won. And then shortly yes, shortly thereafter. I believe you were the second rue girl we had. I think the first one was Jade Sotomayor. The original fish hashtag: Oh
3: all right. No shade. And then after, and then after that, you guys abandoned me. like you saw how many eight years later now I'm still. I'm talking to you. I just want to clarify. Yes.
1: Every drag queen that ever comes on, on this show is always welcome back anytime.
2: That's not really true though but it's just <laughs> <laughs> that is so well, that
3: is, okay that was a line. very pageantry <laughs> answer so, okay yo well, you know you know what every girl there you know the tea honey don't do
2: it it's all about like you know them kind of reaching out to us too and, and you, the guy you're working with did that and I said oh my god I would love to talk to BB it's been so long because we found our, our interview with you and then having you here in the home studio you were so sweet you were so charming and you were such a, a gracious winner from the First episode. Oh,
3: the first thank season. you so much. Mm-hmm. I was just pretending, you know. not. <laughs> 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 Just kidding! No, I'm excited. You know, I'm excited to talk to you guys again, especially with what you know all the things happening now. I was like, oh, I need to talk to them and just reconnect because it's been a while. You talking about me being so sweet? You guys were amazing, and I've done so many, many, many interviews, and and you guys, yours are is one that always comes in mind of just having a good time because we really just had a good time. You know, it was just so, it was just so down to earth. So it was just cool. I really loved it. So thank you guys for having me
2: oh of course and I remember you being in the uh, home studio one of my favorite pictures is uh, I think we had just filmed one of our episodes from our web series Cooking with Drag Queens it was the first episode the first episode, first episode ever. ever and you watched it and Faust has got a picture of you looking at it it's like it's complete side eye like <laughs> what the hell am I looking at here who are these booger queens <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh they remember all of that oh my god I have, I you have got receipts I have adongs <laughs> oh you better keep that receipt in the box, honey, you mm-hmm. better not pull that receipt out. You better <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. Listen, we would love to cook with you here in the home studio.
3: Oh, you know, by the way, just so you know, when it comes yeah. to cooking, I murder the kitchen. I don't know if that that's that's one thing people don't even know about me is like I murder. The kitchen.
1: Well, you cook your face.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Your
1: face. For people who haven't seen the first season of RuPaul's Drag Race, cook your face was your catchphrase on the show. The last
3: season, honey. That that, that season has been, I don't know, it's been packed in the back or something, honey. She's in somebody's basement.
1: So the catchphrase, cooking your face was referring to how you applied your makeup onto your face.
3: With with us, you know, at the end of the day, we're a man, you know, and we go through this whole transformation with makeup, we create our illusion from makeup. So it's like, you know, <laughs> cooking your face is like you put all your base, your contouring, your highlights, your shadows, everything. And then you kind of leave it for a while to like room temperature when it's all done. And then you finally go in and that's when you start blending and, and just blending and blending and blending to the the point where it looks like just like a really well-blended, beautiful canvas. So that's what cooking your faces is like. So it's all the highlights. You know, sometimes when you see us, when we're still getting ready, we have our highlights on and all that stuff, and we look like monsters. We're cooking at that point. (laughs) We're cooking at that point. But trust and believe, honey, after it's all said and done, and when that thing, that face is blended, it doesn't look like it's even the same person. You're like, oh, my gosh, you know.
1: So what exactly is happening when the makeup is on your face, like cooking on your face?
3: It's just warming up to your skin and and the temperature. You know, so it, that's just what it is. And then it just kind of blends. And, and and that's just basically what the, what, what the makeup, the powders. It's not even like the shadows. It's more like the powders that we use to create our highlights. It just You know, it just blends with your skin. It works with the room temperature. It works with your body temperature. And then you can blend it, you know, so it doesn't look so, it doesn't feel like you're wearing like a mask, if that makes sense, any sense.
1: For a long time, the fans of Drag Race, drag queens were, cook your face,
3: cook your face right <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you know, it's just like, you know it's like when you're in the kitchen, honey, it's like a gumbo, honey, when you're in the kitchen you put the mayo, you know, you put your little beef cubes and your onions and, you know, you put it all in the pot and at first it looks crazy, you know it looks like, oh my gosh, all this stuff in the pot, but when it's all done, and you're ready to eat, it's like, it tastes really good, and it looks really presentable you know, so that's, it's in a weird way, it's like food and makeup I don't know how that goes together, but that's the idea.
1: You know, with cooking with drag queens, it, it just makes so much sense. Once you put it all together, when you explain it to people, they look at you like you're insane. But once right. they see it, they're just like, of course. Uh, right. <laughs> hey,
2: speak, speaking of makeup techniques, have you seen on Twitter the, uh, the woman, Joanna Hyde? She's 18 years old and she is using her boyfriend's scrotum as a beauty blender (laughs) and it's blowing up Twitter. She's just putting powder on her face, taking his nutsack and just uh, blending it all over her face. Are you kidding me? (laughs) I'm not. It's hysterical. Uh,
3: Oh, wow. I haven't seen that, but okay. That's interesting. (laughs) Well, it's basically
1: like the term chimping means to put your penis on someone's face, right? (laughs) And so you're just using the the beautiful male genitalia as a blending brush. Why not?
3: <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> okay, okay, it's that kind of party? Okay, I get. Oh yeah, it. <laughs> girl, get ready. There's a roller coaster just
1: about to go up and down. So
3: in the in the in the
1: first season, because we want to talk about the first season because nobody can actually watch it anywhere. On the top three, it was you, Nina Flowers, and. What was her Re- name? Rebecca Glasscock. Glasscock. Mm, and you guys yeah. were having were, had this rapping challenge, and I guess you won the challenge, and you got to
3: say, do you, can you say it again, uh, the face, face, face? I mean, I don't even know what I said then. I made that up like uh, in the like spot. I have it right here in front of me. Okay, so <laughs> tell me, tell me if you I'm you doing this do. right.
1: Face, face, face. I get face, beauty face. You can take it's okay. Watch my body go
3: insane. Uh huh. <laughs> everyone keeps staring at. Yes! Everyone keeps staring at me. You know I am staring up heat. If you want to come for me, something, 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 and feel something. Feel the something, meat. Something, no, I don't know about me, honey. That's what you said. Feel thing. the meat. Come right now and walk with me. No, feel the beat, honey. Oh. Okay. (laughs) It's the accent. It's the African accent. Okay. So she (laughs) didn't really give it. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if you want to come for me, if you want to have a face, 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 acne face, beauty face, you can take it's okay. Watch my body go insane. Everyone keeps staring, you know. Everyone's staring. If you want to come for me, to, yeah. it's Oh my gosh, that's been years ago. I don't even know what I said. But that you know what's so funny? That 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 whole thing blew up a lot as well. too. a lot of people, use that now. You know, it's crazy. You worked
1: that rap with Caswell.
3: Yeah, that was with Caswell. Yeah. And
1: uh, Nina Flowers and you and Rebecca Glasscock since then have toured the world.
3: Yes, we have, we have, we have, we have. We've we've had the opportunity to travel to so many places. Not as you know, not as the current seasons, you know, unfortunately. But I think that you know, you know, we 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 create our own situation, so that gives us the opportunity, you know, to travel and and still be able to work and, and do what we do.
1: I remember the first public appearance that you guys had here in Chicago, and mm-hmm. I remember a lot of people being very surprised and shocked. They were like, this is the first time I've seen drag queens get treated as rock stars. Right, Mm.
3: right. Right. And I and just imagine the treatment these drag entertainers are even having now, you mm-hmm. know, with the evolution of the show, with the popularity of the show. It's, I mean, that's now it's mm-hmm. also taken, it's taken out to the next level, you know, and you know, you best believe this, these girls, they are milking it, honey. Mm-hmm. They are milking it like no tomorrow. But you know, I, and as much that is great, I just wish that kind of, Uh, Rockstar treatment can also be given to to local drag entertainers Mm -hmm. because at the end of the the, the, the day, the local girls are the ones that are really holding the fort for everybody, holding the craft and holding the show. You know, mm. and giving us those opportunities for guest artists like us to come and perform. You know, and a lot of times when you get to travel, these these local the local girls don't feel like they get that same rockstar treatment.
1: Girl, I'm always trying to hold the fart, and I just sometimes <laughs> <a lay>, <laughs> I let it
3: rip. This is the fart. I said the fart.
2: <laughs> you know, the thing is though, too, is I think like now we're we're used to because we're on season nine of RuPaul's Drag Race, we're used to seeing these girls treated like you know royalty and and, and rock stars, but uh, when when you first came to the gay bars here in Chicago. I literally saw people were absolutely shocked that so many people turned out to see you, and they're like, "What's going on here?" And I'm like, "Well, there's these are drag queens from uh, RuPaul's Drag Race," and they're just like, "This is like the Beatles are in town."
3: Right. And can you imagine that was even when Drag Race wasn't even popular? You know, now it's now it's crazy now with the with the gals in the in the current seasons it's different. I mean, they now turn out in their numbers because now uh, so many people know about the show, you know, times two now or times three or times four whatever. You know, it's it's great to see that happen.
1: Uh, one interesting thing about the first season was that RuPaul walked around the workroom in drag and interacted right. with you guys in drag herself and at that time Mm -hmm. she didn't have Matthew Anderson working on her makeup Mm -hmm. and so (laughs) they call it uh, was that Shangela says the season one was sponsored by Vaseline
3: (laughs) wasn't it but wasn't it though
1: And a part of it, I think that was uh, Mike Reese's influence. Don't talk about season one now, though. Don't go there with season
3: one, okay? But that was
1: Mike Reese. So a lot of people don't realize that RuPaul had filmed Star Booty right beforehand. And Mike Reese showed to RuPaul what is called a blur overlay effect. Mm-hmm. And RuPaul really liked it. <laughs> and so he was like, insisted in his contract mm-hmm. to have the blur overlay effect on the entire project.
3: Who's telling you all these uh, things? career said so- that to
1: me himself. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. And we actually have a, a podcast with him. You can listen to it. You guys will listen to uh us and Rupaul coming up with the term untucked for the uh post because you guys didn't have an untucked in your first season as well. Well, we did have we
3: had an untucked. We did.
1: It was called Under the Hood, and it aired on Logo's website. What was the backstage experience like? Now that you see all these episodes of Untucked and all that stuff changing through the years, like were you guys, well, uh-huh.
3: we were. We, what I always tell people, which is the honest truth, is that. What you saw in season one was very authentic, you know, and whether you liked the, 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 the girls or you did not, whatever your favorites or non-favorites, it was really authentic. When we went in those, those rooms and we were going to, and they we were deliberating and we were talking about what just happened, you know, it was just the reality. Of what we were feeling at that time, you know, people were, you know, some people were frustrated, some people did not get it, they, you know? So you have to understand, you know, a lot of drag entertainers like us had not been like in a situation where you're standing there and you have people judging you and telling you, oh no, you should do your makeup this way, or you should do this this way, or you should talk this way, or blah blah blah. blah. You know, so us being in the room and having these conversations, they were authentic conversations. They were, you know, you're questioning our integrity, you're questioning our craft, you're questioning our arts, your our artistry so with all of that, we had these conversations really about what these judges were talking about and how we felt about the situation. And that's really that was very, very authentic. It wasn't us going there and trying to figure out, about, OK, Chanel, what do you do on oh, Nina, Nina, flower? Like it wasn't about being cuddy or bitchy or any of that.
1: Ch- Chanel was so upset. Ch- Chanel, the drag queen from Las Vegas. She was so upset at the act of getting critiqued that she wanted right. to leave the show.
3: Well, but you have to understand that, and and that's why I was saying that it was that authentic. It was nobody putting on a front about anything. It was so authentic. She felt that way. Whether you agree or you do not agree, that's how she felt. And this somebody who has been doing this for x amount of times has never been in a situation where. It, You know, her artistry will be questioned or even judged or uh, criticized in that way. And so here you find some people doing that to her. So that's how she felt. And that's why season, you know, season one would always be the most authentic season, you know, because that's just. But is there a reason it why is. we
1: uh, it can't watch it online anywhere? Is it is it a licensing issue? Is there a li- Do you know?
3: I have no clue. I have no clue, but it's re- I have absolutely no clue. And it's really, really sad because it's like you have this evolution of the show and you see how far the show has come. And what's so funny is that now it's caught up with a lot of people watching it and now it's become so popular. But unfortunately... All these people cannot go back to where it all started. They don't even know the history. They don't even know the foundation of what was created to make.
0: If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's join M-I-D-I dot com.
3: This thing, what it is today, because, you know, even if they're interested in going to look for it, they can't even find it. And I don't have the answers to why why that, that is, but it's unfortunate that it's like, the, 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 the creme that created the situation, you don't even know about them. Sometimes, and it's just, you know, I've just been so lucky that I keep working, I keep creating my own opportunities. And so I kind of stay relevant, and people are like, oh, well, oh, BBO. And that's just only because I create those opportunities to be in the face of faces mm. of people. But yeah, people won't even have a clue who we are, you know, they will not even know, like, okay, BB, huh? What's that?
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, you put out some amazing music throughout the years. Uh, you had a single, I Am The Shit, in 2009. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had the mm-hmm. Cameroon song in 2010 and mm-hmm. now uh we're still waiting for face face i'm uh, sorry for no i have face. face
3: i hate face i did face face was 20 you see that's how that's how i know that you have not really been following me because you would have known that i released <laughs> face honey no you're even still say, cook waiting. your face cook your face we're we oh, waiting for a single cup, cook your face. <laughs> <laughs> and then we you have been-
1: a new one yeah. called get fierce that's out right
3: yes now. get fierce lose yourself baby get fierce lose yourself i'm mean, very excited about that song I I really am i really am so so
1: tell us a little bit about the making of the, of the of get fierce
3: well the making of the of get fierce oh first of all it's been a while since i released music and a lot of my you know supporters were like oh my gosh when are you gonna release music you should release new music and stuff and so when we i went into the studio of course and i you know worked on this you know all the a whole bunch of songs and i was just trying to figure out which would be a very good the a good first song to come back and and not really I don't I hate saying using the word comeback because I never left, but just in terms of bringing back new music, and get fears lose yourself was just the one that spoke to me because I feel like there's so much going on now with politics and there's so much going on with uh with with, with just the world and people are seeking for you know not validation but just reassurance you know whether it's the identity or you know who they are as people as immigrants or whatever and I just feel like the in my mind, it was kind of nostalgia because it was like when, you know, the economy was really booming and people were very happy, people were dressing and living out loud. And it was really great music that was at that time. And I just felt like now that kind of that, that kind of feeling is needed now in 20, mm-hmm. you know, and so that that really helped me in in deciding to do Get Fierce Lose Yourself because it's like all inclusive it's not so club and it's not it's not so gay it's not so this it's just very everybody can really just listen to it and really really vibe to it and kind of feel great and happy about it and it's almost like an assurance that hey yes you're okay you'll you're, be okay you're good and if you need to live out your fantasy go ahead and live out your fantasy I'm giving you the permission to live out that fantasy because guess what I'm doing that right now so you can you know so that's really what the, the inspiration behind all of it is
1: my fantasy is to cook a fierce african curry with you with <laughs> oh, lots honey, of meat if,
3: oh you would not oh I, you will live for the african curry oh and the spices that go into the curry oh you will
2: live oh <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, do like, eat me right
1: Yeah, please don't (laughs) give me no vegetarian bullshit.
3: Uh, Are you vegan? None of you are vegan, are you? Do I look like I'm vegan? We all no. I just just, don't. You just like I can't like. No, I love vegans, but I really can't. I don't know how they do it, honey. I just don't.
1: Who are the famous vegans? Is Bianca Del Rio? or vegetarians. Vegetarian. Yeah,
3: Bianca's vegan.
1: (laughs) Oh, she is? Yeah, I'm like, that is depressing.
3: Honey, right. It just makes you want to cry. Alaska, Sharon.
2: (laughs) Trixie says she's vegetarian. I've seen her eat meat. (laughs) I've seen her eat fish sauce and shrimp paste.
3: Trust me, these vegans, when it's like 3 o'clock in the morning, honey, they'll be looking for the White Castle, something, honey, to eat it. Yeah, trust me, honey. Oh, you know, uh, Bob and- the Drag Queen. Mm-hmm. He's
1: vegetarian. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, she reached out to you when she got on Drag Race.
3: Yes. I mean, I mean, I've known Bob. I've known Bob Bob from, and, you know, but, you know, Bob always says that I was the reason why she decided to go on Drag Race when she saw me, Um, you know, and I'm honored that it's like you can inspire, you know, the younger girls, you know, because she said she saw me on the show and she's like, oh, I can do this and I can do that. You know, fast forward later, she won the show. So it's good. It's a really, it's a good story.
1: What kind of advice did you give Bob the Drag Queen?
3: Well, I mean, it wasn't uh, when I talked to Bob, it wasn't specifically about like just drag race, but it was just we've always had conversations about drag in general, you know, because remember, before I moved back to Minneapolis, to be with my family I was in New York and that's where Bob is and you know we've had conversations about you know about drag about you know creating an aesthetic and creating a brand and you know and of course we we had conversations about drag race as well and I you know I always I always try to give my own and share my experiences I I don't tell people I know it all but I share my own experiences and if you can take something from there to kind of help you with whatever you're doing you know then then that's really that's cool right Is is
1: there a code to crack to being successful on a reality TV show? Or is it just, you know, it's a matter of luck and just um, being good at what you do?
3: Well, I think, to be honest with you, it's like I never try to take away the talents from others and their blessings. But I think a lot of luck has a lot to do with that. I really, really do, especially with reality, because it's like you even see some... Uh, girls that have come out from the show that are even way more talented. You know, I don't want to call names, but it's the truth. You see girls that are way more talented that should be given more notoriety or they should be given more opportunity, but they're not. And then you see other girls. And again, like this is not taking away from other people's blessings, but it's the truth that there are some girls that you would wish would have more, you know, more notoriety or more opportunity because then you can see them do so much with the platform, you know? But uh, I, I think a lot of that has to do with luck. People gravitate to who they gravitate to. Some people are lucky that they get certain opportunities and, and stuff like that, and, you know, good for them. <laughs> all right.
1: well, what do you, like, say to a girl like Sasha Bell, who who she, she didn't get very far in Drag Race, and she was like, I cracked the code and all this stuff. And, <laughs> and people are like, oh, you think you cracked the code, did you, you know? It's like, it, it's part of, like, the producers kind of want someone... If you go on that show and you say, "I know how this works. I'm here to to become famous and stuff." That's that's kind of a death bell, right? That's not something you you should be saying to in in confessionals.
3: But but I feel but in my but I feel like a lot of entertainers want to go into a lot of entertainers. There are a lot of entertainers that go in wanting that, though. You know, why not? Why not want that? well, it's kind of sad, though, that, you know, uh-huh. that you're going to want to go into this just because you want to be famous. To me, again, you're know, speaking to somebody that comes from a different uh, different culture, that comes from a different upbringing, even with the drag. And I've been so surrounded by just amazing drag mentors. So my answers to these, your questions you're asking, would totally be different from maybe other people. What I'd like to you do know? is just to
1: find a pair of heels that doesn't destroy your feet.
3: <laughs> <laughs> is that possible? I'd Oh, they're around, honey. You might have to order them. You might have to do special order.
1: My poor husband was in drag this weekend as Daphne Dumont, and he was, like, hobbling around. You were, like, really hurt.
2: Well, it's just, you know, I had been working at my other jobs, too, and so it was, like, a a lot of uh, time on my feet. And, of course, you know, dancing around in heels when you're not used to it. And the thing is, though, too, is, like, you know, when you're heavier and you're wearing those kinds of heels – it puts a lot of strain on your feet. Like these little light girls, I'm sure it's like it's nothing to walk around in heels. But you know, when you're 200 some pounds, that's a lot wait, of wait, weight. keep going. 215. <laughs> keep going. <laughs> no, it's all right. Listen, listen uh, 215. I'm 210. You so, are not two well, I well, Oh, you I really? Think, oh my God! You, you better go on a you diet. Like,
3: <laughs> stop acting. You, I mean, like two hundred pounds—big <laughs> deal, okay? I mean, come yeah. on, now. It's like I mean, you can. I mean, do you know what the the the, the big girls? I mean, the beauty—they are doing it. Mm. That's just such an excuse. Now I can get you saying that when you're not used to wearing heels. Yes. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to like the you know, don't play, honey. The big girls, they they, honey, they would rock it. <laughs> They they do. <laughs> they do, and they're they used really to do. it.
2: You know, I guess is what it is. Yeah, so I'm just not yeah. used to it.
3: You just have to be used to it, and a lot of times you can get like the things that you can rub you can put on your feet, like the little sole, like jelly soley things you can mm. put underneath, like, and then you you know, in your shoes they really help kind of make it not so so uh, strainers and whatever. There are ways you can get around with with heels for sure.
1: Everyone should have a drag mother like Bibi Zahara Benet.
3: (laughs) Yes. Do you know how many, do you know how many, how many, um, Little drag babies always send me messages. On, like if I'm telling you, if I wanted to get drag kids, I'll probably have a whole. I'll be like, "Um, what's your name from back in the day, honey?" Miss, um, who was that artist that I love, uh, Josephine Baker? Girl, <laughs> that's who I was thinking. She's gonna say, "I Josephine would have Baker. Them from all different tribes." Honey. You got
2: to do your banana dance,
3: uh, okay?
2: <laughs> <laughs> and bring yes. all the children to you. I mean,
3: yeah, it's yeah, but it's just like I mean, you know, but you know, guys, you know what I would really love to do like eventually i would love to like start like a, uh like a drag camp like a boot camp i would really do i would love to just start like a dra- where i can bring some of my fears fears fierce of fiercest mentors and you know and just get a mm-hmm. group of a team of people to come and because it's really you'll be surprised how many questions we get all the time about drag and not just from little drag babies but from even like just women you oh, know yeah. and people
2: oh it's crazy that's a brilliant idea and you're in you're in Minnesota so there's so many camps up there i think it's a perfect idea you know john waters the author and filmmaker he actually is doing like a, a camp in uh, this summer like it's a two or three day camp where they're going to watch movies and talk about movies and do like camp festivities
3: yeah, I think that that would really be cool. I think mm-hmm. that would, that would really be cool. You know, because a lot of times it's like a lot of, you know, a lot of new drag artists or entertainers they don't have, they don't know the history of the culture. Mm-hmm. They have no foundation. They have no basics. They really don't. You know, and mm-hmm. it's really interesting. And while Drag Race is amazing. Drag Race also has been in a situation where it's almost like this, this kids feel like, oh, I can just be, you know, start dragging like two months and then I can become famous. And then I don't need to have any foundations, any basics because I'm famous now. And I just, you know what I mean? It's crazy. It's like you need you need that base and it would be great to really, you know, really educate the kids. Mm-hmm. I sound so old now.
2: <laughs> well, you're still younger than uh, most of them, right? I want. I want to hope so. <laughs> surely, surely you're younger than Char- Charlie Hydes. With still... <laughs> who's Charlie
3: Hydes
1: again? I forgot her name. Who was
2: that? <laughs> From this season, he's the oldest contestant yet at fifty-two.
3: Oh yeah, I forgot about
1: her.
2: Oh. Charlie
3: Hydes. Is she the one from? Was she the one from uh, the UK or something?
2: Yes.
1: She's the one who kind of, like, sadly hobbled off.
2: No, she, she, she did the what they call the park and bark, where yeah. she just stood there and lip-synced. <laughs>
3: oh, she was the one who says that, she was the one who says, I sing live kind mm-hmm. of thing, right? Yes. Oh, I hear, I get that, because some people kind of, start, it was like, there was a whole thing online, like, oh, what does she mean? Like, she sings live? Is, was she trying to, like, throw shade to girls that lip-sync? I, yeah, it's, I saw stuff like that online, but it's crazy, but... Yeah Well okay. you've seen
1: so uh, Much come and go uh, Juan Chango Wences On our Facebook page Facebook.com Slash Feast of Fun mm-hmm. He's chiming in He says BB How do you think Drag has changed Since the popularity of the show After nine seasons And drag has become More mainstream Has any Fundamentals changed?
3: Well it's changed In both posi- In my opinion My humble opinion It's It's both Negative and positive positive. And the positive part of it Is that you You know now we're in mainstream you know now a lot of people get to see what we do and they would not have ever been if not of drag race you know we we're we in the screens of people's houses you know so even if you don't go to the clubs you can sit there and you can watch the show and you're like oh now I get it and you know now a lot of the drag entertainers now especially in the current seasons getting out a lot of mainstream opportunities because it's just such a popular uh, sort of show now but the other the other side of it is that there these a lot of the girls come out from the show and they don 't have the foundation of the art form of drag period they don 't have the basics of the art form of drag and a lot of these young girls now that the only thing they know is the show, they think that that is what the the creme de la creme is so that 's mm. the only thing they look up to they don 't know what no, they don 't know the legends mm-hmm. they don 't know the people who have given us the opportunity to be able to do what we do now wear heels and makeup and walk around and and be fierce and fabulous they don't even know that mm-hmm. they don't know the basics of just knowing that even you can be any aesthetic of drag but you're still a showgirl because it's from that foundation no matter who I don't know if you're a booger drag or your camp drag or your pageant drag or boy drag whatever it is there's always going to be that element of showmanship and being a showgirl and they don't even get that they don't know they feel like they can just go to forever 20 one and just get a little dress and put it on with some jeans and boom, I'm fierce and I'm fish. And that is what is happening now is that they don't have anything to look up to. And this is not taking it away from the girls that are on the show. It's just what that is. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's sad. Mm-hmm. It's sad. So it's almost like, and I feel like, you know, it's almost like, okay, are we... Losing some of our identity as drag performers or our drag culture with making it so mainstream. Are we trying too hard? It's a question I ask myself every day. It's like, are we trying too hard to be accepted by mainstream to the point where we're gonna compromise what our aesthetics and what our our basics are just because we want mainstream to accept us mm-hmm. or to be able to relate to us? It makes me question that every time.
2: Sure, because you don't want to appear or sell it. And I think this is the kind of thing, that too, that kind of irks me, is there's an assumption about going on that show that they have 12 or 13 or would they have 14 girls this season, that these are the 14 best drag queens in the nation at this moment and that you know that is certainly far from the truth and the the reason is is because you don't want to have the 14 best drag queens on one season you want to show some diversity you want to see people that are lacking talent in one place or looks in another and so that you don't have like somebody with an amazing talent being the first one to go home so you have right. diversity because if you watch Project way you know, the, the, the first person to go home is somebody who's probably been only designing for six months or just got out of school or maybe just has a certain kind of thing and then
0: Learn more at cbp.gov/careers.
2: Been in the business for a while.
3: And when and the uh, two things, let me and two things I could just come make a comment on that is the first thing is that like when you when 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 we started the show, it's like in and this is from my I can speak from my own experience and what you know what happened when we started the show. It was about showcasing the, the entertainers that are at already at a certain level and then taking these entertainers and giving them platforms to kind of, you know, take that level to whatever next that is for them. So when we started, yes, maybe there were some weaker links, you could say, but at the same time, a lot of us had already been performing and really had some foundations on certain things. Now, as the years have come and the casting is, the casting has changed, where now it's like, okay, now are we now really, really going now for just television to make good TV or are we really focused on entertainers that are really working on their craft? That's the one thing. Then the other thing is that when you've traveled so much to so many different places, you will be honey, you will die with the amazing talent that is out there. If you really wanted to show the best, oh my gosh, there are entertainers that will make your jaws just drop to the floor that 's how good they are and every time when I travel and I see i'm that 's why I always encourage people. Have you auditioned for the show? Have you auditioned for the show? audition for the show? I think it 's a good, but again i don 't have anything to do with casting, but if I was casting. Oh, baby, it will be done. Like, you know, all the little bickering behind the stage, it's nothing. Bring it to the ball. Bring it on that stage. It's that stage. That is going to show who is who kind of thing. You know what I mean? And I think that will be so entertaining when you bring the you bring the people to come and battle. Let them come battle.
1: We, we got a yeah. lot of great questions I want to get to from our listeners here. Uh, Dara Hughes and also Fetus Redditor both are asking, what season would you have liked to get in besides season one and compete? What season do you feel like you would have gotten far in? All the seasons.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Coconut, <laughs> <true swing.
3: laughs> oh, they are they say, Oh, she's shady. But all the seasons. I'm very competitive like that. I really am. And I just there've been there were just so many like all throughout the seasons there've been challenges that I'm like, Oh I'm gonna i will murder this. I will murder like all oh, and then if I end up being in the bottom two, I will murder that as well too. So that's yeah. That doesn't, I hope that doesn't come out like shady, but it's just not true. No, it's fine.
1: Uh, Who's inspiring you on season nine? Kyle the Drag Queen wants to know.
3: Who is inspiring me? It's kind of, I think the whole aesthetic of. The show, I mean, all of this entertainer system are, is very eclectic. It's an eclectic group of, of people with uh, different interpretations of drag. And that is inspiring to see, you know. It's not really too pageantry. It's just, it's very, like, it's like boy, girl, androgyny. Like, it's just a mixture of so much. And, and it's, it's just, in, it's interesting to see. To. The, I mean, it's not what I'll do, but... <laughs> but it is interesting.
1: Has there been any talk about an All-Stars winner season? Uh, NYC underscore RC wants to know.
3: I know I know a lot of the fans are asking for it. It's very big now on social media where everybody's like, oh, there should be an All-Star for all the, the winners and stuff. But I don't know. I don't know.
1: I'd love to see. Some of those winners of, of uh, Drag Race are bonkers. So it would be very entertaining. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay, what, what do you mean by bonkers, honey? Is, is I don't know. Is bonkers, Is that a good word?
2: <laughs>
1: when when the season two winner,
2: Tyra Sanchez, Tyra. Tyra. Sanchez
1: and everyone, she was a bit of a controversial winner. Like you were very clearly the winner. Of season one.
2: Well, there's a lot of people that were voting for Nina, though. And they were wanting
1: for Nina, but it was very clear that you were going to be the winner. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. um, when Tyra Sanchez in season two came out, people were just like, Tyra Sanchez is dumb, fucked up drag. You know, it's like they were, they <laughs> right. were like, and part of it is like anytime, you know, a, the new season comes around, it, people take some time to get used to the girls. And so there's a lot of rejection of the new season of girls. Um, mm-hmm. and then they get used to it. Well, I mean, do you, to do
3: you, do you, do uh, you, do you share that same opinion though? Well, I think Tyra Sanchez
1: was overwhelmed. And when we had her on the show, like that was very clear to me that she was just stunned that she got so far. And, uh, you know, this is somebody who was sleeping was on young. somebody's couch. Her housemate made the audition video to get her out of the house and mm-hmm. they cast her on the show. And, I I can't believe I won RuPaul's Drag Race, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it was it was a a very uh a, a intense moment. And so people were just kind of like, you know, and then came Raja, and then came Sharon, and then came Jinx. Uh, Jinx Monsoon, and you know, those those girls after all those seasons have such big personalities and are so um dynamic. Mm-hmm. I would love to see all of you all together interacting cuz, you know, when when you guys took that photo together, and they couldn't get Bianca, they got a, a clown instead. <laughs> Remember that?
3: <laughs> the shade, huh? <laughs> like was there
1: was there any discussion on who got to sit next to RuPaul versus those who were like on the outside of the image?
3: No, no. I mean, I mean, when we got when we got to the set, they just kind of placed us where, you know, they already had, you know, how they wanted everybody kind of placed in, you know, so basically we just they just placed us how they placed us. You know, it wasn't there wasn't a conversation who goes where, how would you know?
1: I guess because the challenge was every queen had to sit in with all of you. And be mm-hmm. photographed, right? And every mm-hmm. time, and I guess the, 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 whenever the queen sat next to Sharon Needles, Sharon Needles will lean forward in and she's like, I'm gonna cut you,
2: bitch.
3: <laughs> 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 I don't even, I don't know because I mean, I was standing up and I was, you saw where I was standing. Uh, yeah. So I I <laughs> But was it tense in the room?
1: Was it where people like, where all the winners when they get together in a room, are you guys like friendly with each other? yes. You know what's so funny to me?
3: That was, to me, that was the best part of that. I mean, that was very memorable because that was the best part of of shooting that is like the girls really got along. You know, they are, everybody was talking to everybody and people, everybody was just kicking and hooling. And because again, there wasn't any tension about competing, you know, because we're not really, we're not competing. So it's like, so with that, when you're out of that whole competition mode, you can just hang out and just lay back and relax and let the others that are competing compete. So it was really, actually really, really cool. It was a really cool experience just being with all All these girls and, you know, and catching up with what they're doing and and, and all that good stuff. It was really good. Citrine
1: Jolie uh, wants to know, did you ever go to back to Cameroon and perform in
3: drag? Oh no, honey, not yet, honey. Cameroon is still still needs some time, honey. It's not yet time. The time is not yet right. I would love to, though, but I've not I've not had the opportunity to, and I don't think that the time is right now. I think that it, we still need to give Cameroon a little bit time to catch up. <laughs> so, the, the, like, drag yeah. is not a
2: thing in Cameroon. Is, is oh there... no. no! Oh no! No, 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 no. It's we no, still about, need some time what about to cross like, I will go to Cameroon,
3: they would not even know what I, huh? Maybe some people cross dress in their in, in the in the privacies of their homes. You never know, honey. Mm-hmm. But it's not like a thing at all. Not that I know of. But I know that I get a lot of like um you know, I get a lot of like um messages, you know, emails and stuff with, you know, a lot of Africans who, you know, they talk to me about their situations and, you know, what they're going through with their identity. You know, and all that stuff, and I try to shed some light, you know, through email or whatever, mm-hmm. or Facebook or whatever way I can do that. Yeah, we still need some time. We still need some time to to get 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 ourselves. Yeah. Do well, we drag owes
1: so much to Africa, especially yep. uh, Alyssa Edwards' uh, <laughs> pop.
3: <laughs> you are so shady for that, <laughs> though. Banjo. You know you are really. So that's really. Well, Actually, really? So you're you're going gonna to pay, pay homage with the motherland with that? <laughs> really?
1: Well, a lot of people aren't aware that, uh, I guess, in, in, in a lot of
2: African languages. Well, three languages, I believe. There's, I, I, oh, I was reading the Wikipedia.
1: Okay. There's five different languages, okay. and they use a wide variety of clicking sounds from
3: to to. <laughs> <and> <laughs> okay. OK, so
1: there's a lot of like uh, sounds and stuff. And I guess, uh-huh. you know, uh, you know, in, in terms of like drag and drag sensibility, a lot of the the language that the the fascination with French uh, comes from uh, countries, people emigrating to the United States from French speaking countries like Cameroon and Haiti. In right. Haiti, yeah.
3: Well, oh, wow, you studied, and, you know, she's intelligent, honey. She's
2: intelligent. <laughs> we have degrees up in here. Well, the,
1: the thing about it is, it's like, the, you know, you have to ask yourself, why is there so, a predominance of, uh, you know, it up and Chante uh, and,
3: you know, those <laughs> Chantay, are actual right, words and, uh, right, right. From French, yeah. you
1: know, and besides, French is a very elegant language and very sophisticated, but I would argue French that— French fashion. And French fashion all and all that stuff. Well, but, I just yeah. think,
3: I think people have made it that—I'm not saying no— but but I think it's all made. It's all man-made, honey. Okay, you could say that. You know Woman the whole thing made. about. It. You know, when, when you say, oh, it's so beautiful, such a romantic language, and blah, 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 blah. It's man-made, you know? It's it's something that has been embedded in your, your mind, whether it's from, you know, the, the the visual aesthetics of what France is, or it's the, it's the place of love, and da-da-da-da-da, uh, you know? You guys make it, you guys, oh my gosh, you, you, you guys tried too hard with that story Are we, about, are we but, stretching okay.
1: here? Are we Nancy drawing too hard? Lorcan <laughs> <laughs> uh, Murphy wants to know, uh, where does the... the Benet and bb Zahara benet come from where's the drag the, origins that's not but john benet Ramsey reference is it
3: oh no 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 but you know what if i get asked the same question as the bb Zahara benet what's so funny is that it's not named after my cat or my dog or flower or anything of that. So, you know, people have all those stories about how they found their names. Mine is like I was in a car with a whole bunch of people. And I remember that I was running for a pageant and I did not know what name I wanted to call myself. And then for some crazy reason, people were just, you know, shooting out different names. And B.B. Bonet, B.B. Bonet was the first thing that just came out from my mouth, just B.B. sell as soon as I said B.B. Bonnet, all my friends were like oh yes bitch yes yes and that is how I came with came up with the whole thing, Bibi Benay. Now Zahara, I was in in Vegas. I was in Vegas. I, I, I was performing in, in Vegas. This was a long time ago, way before Drag Race, way, 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 way. And then I went to one of the casinos, and it had all this like pyramids, and it was. And I've always just been so fascinated by the Middle Eastern culture. Just, I mean, because it's like still part of what who I am, you know. It's still Africa, and I just like in another world, I'll be Cleopatra. So <laughs> there was. <laughs> <laughs> so when I so I've always and just because I've always been so involved with my culture and with my roots, you know, I I that's the one that I really purposely wanted to find something that would identify me with my culture, and so I said, okay, let's do instead of a Sahara, let's do a Zahara, and so then that's how Bibi Zahara Bene came.
1: It wasn't because we- your wigs were thirsty. <laughs> oh, girl, this wigs
3: are never thirsty, honey. Don't try to come for cringed. my wigs, no. honey. That's an oasis. But no, they always they always stay in position, don't they?
2: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike Chanel. Uh, so- <laughs> <laughs> Only people who have seen season one will get that. So you recently did an interview with Vanity Fair, and uh, you uh, mentioned yes. that uh, part of your prize package oh my from gosh, when you we won go. was a here lifetime supply of MAC cosmetics, which you said you didn't get, and you're like, oh, I'll just leave it there. Well, I don't know if you've read, there's an update to your article, and it so- said representatives for the show tell Vanity Fair that a lifetime MAC supply was not part of Benet's original prize package, and that she received everything else in the initial package.
3: She don't already have hers. <laughs> okay, okay. Like, like I said, like okay. I said, let's leave it there. Wait <laughs> a second. Did Wait. you? Did, were you offered? Let me, let's clarify something. Were okay, you offered on, a life supply let's, of let's, mac let's, makeup let's, or not? Let's, let, 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 let's break this down. Yes. Let's break this down a little with you guys. Okay. When you you guys are supporters of Drag Race and you're supporters of season one.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes.
3: When ma'am. you. When the commercial came up and you saw everything, what did it say?
1: A lifetime supply supply of of MAC cosmetics. That I remember. Yes, I I, I
3: remember that. And Mm -hmm. I said,
1: they're not going to give her that much.
3: So let's leave it there.
1: And you didn't get... So what did you get, uh,
3: to clarify? (laughs) Can you sue them for (laughs) it? Well, you know what? That's a lot of money. To be very honest with you guys, it's just been a long time ago. And, you know, I don't let, you know, the prices that I won or didn't receive kind of, you know, just, you know, dictate anything. You know, it's a long time ago and I'm, I moved on. I mean, at the end of the day, all of this mm-hmm. is really material wealth. You know, we it's not it doesn't make who I am or what I do or change anything. I think so, makeup makes a lot, lot of I'm who so. you
1: are, though. And, and <laughs> well, it make... makes
3: a lot of, but honey, yeah. before, before, being, before being offered a lifetime supply of you or promise, a lifetime supply of magnets, what do you think? I've been painting my face prior. To that, with you know, not, not cosmetics. <laughs> I'll tell you what. <laughs> uh, we, need, we need reparations for BB honey Benet. You know what, before before that promise even came to fruit, came, came to place, I was already still painting my face with buying it with my money, honey, with my dollars, mm. and that's what I'm doing now, and mm. that's still fine. I'm I would,
1: it, I, I, you could do whatever you want, but if that happened to me, I would have uh, videotaped it and walked to a Mac Cosmetics store and say. Where's my makeup? <laughs> I'm not I know, I and
3: I you know I, and I don't I don't go and do this. I I when I have interviews, you know, I just I don't go and say, Oh well I was promised this and I was never given that because to me it's not at this point It's like I said, it's years later, it does not even matter. That question was asked. Like, you know, she asked me the question. You yeah. know, and so I responded, that's what my response is. And I've I always one thing I'm gonna tell you is that I'm always I try to be honest, and I try to be—you know—I never like my integrity to be questioned. You know, that's the mm. one thing I would tell you about me. So, however, people want to interpret that, or you know, it's—it's—it's it's, it's on them. I don't <laughs> think your inter-
1: integrity is in question here. I think Matt Cosmetics' co- integrity is in question here.
3: Well, I mean, the the question it's, is, is Mac yeah, Cosmetics' but, but maybe a difference not to between the contract into they into, signed and
2: how it was interpreted by the production company. But not you know to what go I mean? to
3: not to go in details about everything, but if yeah, my integrity is kind of questioned because somebody who is reading the update will say, okay, <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, did she or did she not? Because she said this and this is saying that. So that questions your integrity. Like, okay, are you being honest about the situation? Like I said, there's no need to you know it's is not that important. the real
1: reason why we can't watch season one because there's <laughs>
3: <laughs> Cause there lies in it lies 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 on LA <laughs> I don't know you, you have to Fabricious. go ask the producers I don't know honey <laughs> I feel like it wasn't a- with
0: Lucky Land Sluts you can get lucky just about anywhere
2: Available for a little while. Was it not recently in the past few years? Didn't they put it online again? It was on Netflix. Yeah, for a I know they, time, they yeah. did. Like
3: a did. I think they did like something called the lost season, where they showed it for a little while, and 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 then all of then it went back off the air or something. Mm. I. I don't. I, I think
1: don't the know. FBI and the CIA got involved and I think there's some like, you know, secrets and Illuminati conspiracy in there that we just can't see as citizens of the United
3: States. But I mean, you but you actually have a podcast and you do all of this. Why haven't you ever tried to take uh, like, you know, invite some of the producers to the show so they can have we conversations? Have. With oh, them? they are.
1: Uh, like I said, they're all invited per, in perpetuity.
3: Mm. Oh, wow. <laughs> we've, yeah, we've
1: actually, were in Los Angeles, invited uh, Fenton and Randy onto the podcast, and uh, their schedule did not allow for it. Which is a oh, nice okay. way of saying we're, no thanks, bitch. <laughs> 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 now, Flaming Poppy wants to know, BB, what's your fondest memory in drag?
3: What's my fondest memory in drag? I
1: mean, you've done so many things; it's hard to choose. But like, uh, I know, like yeah. that's
3: why you know. I don't know. I don't know. I've just I have had a lot of really fond memories, just in just a lot, and I, I don't know if there's just one that is has been like the fondest. You know, I just it just it's yeah. I've, well, I've, I can I've imagine
1: after almost a decade, or and you've been doing this for even longer, doing these meet and greets with fans. It yeah, all becomes yeah. just a blur of people. Is is there like one moment that you met somebody who really stuck with you?
3: Yes, yes. Well, there've been two. There've been two moments. Uh, two which two moments, and it's so funny because they've always been children. And the first, like I, I don't know, the first time when I won Drag Race and I was going, I, to, I don't know if I ever told you guys the story, but I was basically going through the airport, and then you know how you go through security and stuff. And then this one, you know, you, you take off your shoes and blah, blah, blah. And then there was this one, I just, uh, somebody tapped my, like my, my thigh. And I was like, who's that? So I just kind of felt like, okay, it's tight. Maybe somebody's behind me, blah, blah, blah. So I kept going. And then I get that somebody, I, I feel that touch again. And then when I turned around, it was this little, this little girl. And then she turned and she looked at me and I just started smiling. And she said, you know, it, are you Pippi, are you Pippi Burnett from the show? That's what she asked me. And I said, yes, what's your name? Girl, she did not even tell me her name. She ran right back to her mom and she was like, mom, I told you I was Pippi. And and it was still, that was really, really touching to me because I was like, wow, look at, you know, parents really opening their their spaces in televisions for little kids like this to kind of see, drag. And this child is so innocent, you know what I mean? And just so excited for seeing me. So that was really one of the moments that stood out. The other one will also be another child where I was a drag con and, you know, I had my booth and, you know, I was doing my meet and greets and people were coming. And then this mom comes with her daughter who has been such a huge supporter of mine. And she was dressed like when I did, the, you remember when I did the black and white cat suit with the hat and mm-hmm. the, the the diamond thing? She was dressed exactly like that, oh, and she wow. I, it was yeah. And to me, that was like everything, you know. That just stole my heart. So those will be the ones that have always been there, that, and that's what keeps me going. Because look at this generation of people—not even kids, not even judging you—and just like just you know, they just accept you.
1: She's you your mini miha. <laughs> Uh, i'm that glamazon wants to know do you think your winning set a precedent for how well people have performed in the competition
3: since i hope he did I really do I hope it did I don't know if it did or not But I hope it did You know And you would have to ask All of those who perform If it, it did anything You know Every time I perform I always put my My all in it You know I put my all And I, I put myself You know I try to be the best That I can be And I'm like Okay If this is going to be My last battle period In life How how am I living This, this, this life And that's just how I attack everything My shows and, and everything You know So I hope it encouraged And inspired You have to ask everybody else (laughs) they did they did get lucky
1: that they found you for the first season i think because because you combined
3: a lot of uh
1: interesting elements as somebody from a foreign country and somebody who was a pageant queen but you had also this really playful sensibility you have a lot of like Um,
2: Exotic costumes
1: Costumes And and, and so you were able to bring all these different elements Which I always think drag Is one of the things that drag does well It's a
2: hodgepodge It's a hodgepodge Uh
1: It's a melting pot And at the same time It's like I always think drag is all about Sort of embracing your flaws in some ways And turning them into your assets and for mm-hmm. you, like, you have so many flaws that are. No,
3: I'm just no but that oh, girl, good. don't do it. I no. am perfection, honey. Don't try it. But I'm saying I that, that uh, for them, it. like, they got really lucky
1: having somebody like you because uh, it really defined the show for them in a way that yeah. drag hadn't been defined at that point.
3: Well, and it was, I was also lucky to have that platform where. I, I was given the opportunity to be able to showcase because, you know, even going into, like we mentioned, I talked to you like years ago when yeah. I was going into the show. I wasn't hoping that I wasn't even in the mindset that I'm going to win. This is the honest to God's truth. I wasn't going in there and saying, oh, my gosh, there is this competition I'm going to win because there wasn't even a blueprint. So you couldn't even plan on trying to win. I just knew that if I was going to go there and I was going gi- to be given a platform where I have to show who I am, what I do, how I do, and by then the world did not even know. Like my whole entire family did not even know that that's what I did for work. My mom, my dad, and my siblings, my immediate family, did know, but my uncles and aunts and all of these people that I was close to did not have. They had no clue. So I was like, if I'm gonna go use this platform and my I will be documented for the rest of my life, I have to be the best that I can possibly be and show my craft. Like, hey. This is what I have chosen to do and you better respect it. And so that was my end. And it's not until like towards the end when I was called out to be the winner that I was like, oh, my gosh, okay so I won the show. You know what I mean? And some people think that that whole cry was like, oh, it was very genuine because I wasn't even expecting because I wasn't even thinking of winning. And I love Nina so much. Nina and I are like Judy's. Like we are besties. So it was just being there. It was just so emotional. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, and, and and I, and certainly seeing the 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 change in you, it, it seems like it, over the last ten years, your personality is really like like a wine. It it's growing more complicated, and 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 the taste is so much richer as as the years go by. It's like we get to see Bibi sort of grow as a person.
3: Right. And it's true. And it's true. I mean, you have to, though. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, as a person, you have to grow. You go through and you, you go through, you meet so many different people, which that they inspire you, and you go through so many different experiences, both good and bad. It's not all la la land, trust and believe. It's not all fantasy and all fabulousness. You know, there are still so many challenges, even being where we are right now, even today, you know, but that's, you know, you kind of grow with those and make the best of all of these situations, you know?
1: Well, Bibi, it's a pleasure chatting with you. I I really love reconnecting with you. Of course, if you're in Chicago, uh, plan on it. Like, let's cook together, honey.
3: Oh, I would love to. I would really, really love to just come and spend some... Some amazing quality time with sisters and <laughs> connect and, <laughs> and, <laughs> talk, and cook something other than talk the talk about the French culture and exoticness and the, all that <laughs> stuff, you know. Yeah. No, but thank you. It's so amazing. Thank you guys for giving me the opportunity. I, you know, it was just so great to just catch up with you guys and, and uh, you know, I love you all. You've always been very supportive
2: and I, I'm really grateful. Oh, that's so sweet of you to say. Thank you so much. Well, and thank you for valuing
1: what we do and mm-hmm. reaching out to us, because you were like one of the first. We were one of the first places you interviewed with after you won.
3: Yep, yep, you were. And so you always be dear in my heart. Although I can't stand you guys that much, but you always be dear. <laughs> <laughs> Cameroon, Cameroon. Thank you guys. Thank you. Appreciated. Bye, sweetheart. Bye, baby. Okay, bye. <laughs>
1: BB Zahara Benay lives in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Her new single, Get Fierce, Lose Yourself, is now available on the iTunes Music Store. Check it out, and
2: it's There's a fun video to go along with it, too. Where it's BB being her fierce queen and getting a lot of these people who are wrapped up in their humdrum lives to become fierce.
1: So it's almost 10 years. I
2: know. So much
1: has changed. And in some ways, some mm-hmm. things, you know, mm-hmm. are universal. They always, mm-hmm. uh, the, the bedrock of drag. Mm. What do you see in, uh, some of the biggest changes for you, Mark?
2: In drag? Just well, I in, think just in, yeah. the acceptance of drag by people. Because before, I mean, drag really wasn't, I mean, of course, it always had a certain cachet among a certain sense of people a part of people but a lot of people really look down on drag and on drag queens and people, and people who supported and drag people queens who supported them. people would like look at me like why do you interview all these drag queens like what's wrong with you like you have a, like you're diseased and I'm just like well if you look at our entertainers for the most part uh, you know all our gay, all our musicians for the most part they're all closeted mm-hmm. and yes we have some lesbian folk singers but how many of those can you interview uh, not many and, and then of course it's like when you go to a gay bar who's our entertainers at the time we There was very few stand-up comedians That were out and like telling jokes And definitely you wouldn't see it in a bar But there were drag shows And people were lining up to, to see these drag acts
1: And part of it is I think when you're spending a lot of energy And time creating a reality TV mm-hmm. show um, There's a need for professional distance mm-hmm. That we didn't have Because we were not involved in any way uh, in, in producing or creating RuPaul's Drag Race mm-hmm. So that gave us the, the ability to interview all these girls, and so for all I mean we still for de- over a decade we've uh, had the opportunity and, and real blessing to actually get to know these queens and portray mm-hmm. a side of them that you just don't mm-hmm. have the ability to on a, in an hour long reality mm-hmm. competition. And so a lot of great moments, a lot of catchphrases, a lot of uh, knowledge that we have about these drag queens has come from mm-hmm. this. And and well, it's and been very real great mm-hmm. to show that to mm-hmm. the world.
2: And it's nice to see these girls getting other media attention, too. Like we, I mentioned the interview with Vanity Fair that B.B. had done. And, you know, four or five years ago, I don't know if she would have had the chance to do something like that.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Now it's gone from this like you and your friends having a party together mm-hmm. And now a stadium full of people want to go drink Mm -hmm. from your kitchen. Mm -hmm. You know, they want to go break into your kitchen (laughs) and steal all your (laughs) vodka. You know what I'm saying? So it's Mm -hmm. like it's kind of like when you're having a really great party with your friends. And then all of a sudden, all these people Stupid, show up to the party yeah. the and they raid <laughs> the, the kitchen, raid your liquor mm-hmm. cabinet. And you're just like, uh, I'm glad that there's so many people mm-hmm. who want to have a party with us. But could you bring something to the table? <laughs> and, and unfortunately, I think, you know, the mainstreaming of drag has is is, you know, that metaphor of people crashing in the party and not bringing anything mm-hmm. to it uh, is is one of the things. And so if you really love drag queens if you love what this is about, support your local drag queen. That means get to know them, go to the drag shows. Tip her a dollar. Tip them well. Why are you tipping a drag queen a dollar when you could tip her $10? <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> I mean, and part of it is like, you know, these drag queens spend hundreds of dollars mm-hmm. for each of their looks. And well, here you're Well, not always, but So some a of lot of them, them do. If you can neither. see the money on
2: that stage. Yeah. And for for many yeah. of them, yeah, for sure. And well, it's also a big borrow or steal for a lot of drag queens as well. But it's you know it's not cheap to look that cheap, as Dolly Parton likes to say. It but takes <laughs> a
1: lot of money to look this cheap.
2: Yeah, but still, and so you know, certainly you can recycle things. But a lot of for a lot of people, you losing doing drag is a losing proposition because you know they could be doing other work. They could be you know, and then maybe they're making twenty, thirty dollars as their base pay, and then whatever it is they're getting tipped. But yeah, everything does cost money in this
1: society. We don't have a support network for creative people mm. in any way. And so if you're going to be an artist, you have to find other reasons other than money mm. to do it. Um, but it's been really great to see uh, drag go mainstream and be popularized. And you see all these young people who grew up watching The television show, who a lot of of our audience uh, Mm -hmm. grew up listening to this podcast, Mm -hmm. who are now Mm -hmm. uh, drag queens on RuPaul's Mm -hmm. Drag Race. Oh, yeah.
2: And a lot of them, too. They're like, uh, you know, I started getting into drag because I watched season five of Drag Race or something. And now they're on the TV show. It was just like, so they've really only been interested in drag for four years. But now they're, uh, you know, going to be a contestant and maybe will be the next America's next drag superstar.
1: And one of the things I appreciate about a drag queen like James Mansfield, for example, is that she's doing her own research or she search Mm -hmm. uh, to learn about her own history as a drag queen, because uh, with the mainstreaming of drag, you also get a homogenization of the look like everybody looks the same. Everybody's sort of copying Mm. Kim Chi and RuPaul's eye makeup to some degree. And so when I see everybody having the same look, it kind of gets boring. Oh, yeah. You know, like think about not Roxy Andrews's nose contour. The, the, the controversy that when that came out, uh, Trixie Mattel's abstracted look, Nina Bonina's paper constructions. Mm-hmm. Every time somebody does something really clever that seems very successful, then everybody starts uh, imitating mm-hmm. it. And we
2: lose the individuality of everybody. So don't uh, imitate, mm-hmm. innovate. Right. Learn, you know, do something on your own. Innovate yeah. something for sure.
1: And, and find your own uh, well of inspiration that's not from a television program. Uh, you know, there go to the
2: library. <laughs> Check out a book. <laughs> <laughs> My, hurts sometimes. I want to remind folks that we can't do this podcast without your support. So if you're not a plus member yet, uh, sign up today at com slash plus. If you're having any problems with your account, uh, write to me. The best way to contact me is mail at Feastofun.com Include your username and your email.
1: And we have some fabulous t-shirts. Drag wars the shade awakens available on our website store feast slash store we have a lot of t-shirts inspired by great moments in drag mm. congratulations to paul as if she didn't have enough awards she's now in time magazine's 100 most influential people of the year
2: and there's a great little interview with her in it too it's great by naomi campbell did the interview it's not yeah. exciting
1: yeah suck it t- uh, what is it i'm sorry Suck It Out Magazine 100.
2: <laughs> you remember that, right? Oh, we'll save that for another show. Okay. Thanks for listening. <laughs> bye, 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 everybody.